Well, for those of you that were here this morning, <coughs> you will know that uh, the message I had prepared for tonight was changed. What do you think, Lee? It happens, doesn't it? <coughs> it started last evening, and then I was awakened in the middle of the night and taking notes. So there must be a reason for it. I'm going to entitle this, God is Moving Behind the Scenes. To begin with, and I don't have any overhead slides, I'm going to read from Psalm 105, just to give us a little bit of a background instead of going to Genesis and reading the full account, which would have taken a long time, and if it did, then we'd be here too late. Psalm 105, beginning from verse 16. Moreover, <coughs> he, that is God, called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. <coughs> Just as a little backdrop to the time of Joseph in Egypt, I suppose the verse that I was beginning to focus in on was the comment that Joseph made when he was reconnected with his brothers when they came down into Egypt. And he said to them, you meant it for evil, and God meant it for good. And he says, God has sent me beforehand to preserve life. I wasn't going to share this, but I think I will. I was in my late teens when God spoke to me about this verse. So from that time, I knew that whatever was in my future was that God was sending me beforehand to preserve life, and I have no idea what that meant. I mean, that could be physical life, it could be spiritual life, it could be both. I had no idea. But we're now living in days in which there's been a great falling away in the church. And if any of you happen to watch any of it, it will break your heart mainline denominations that 40, 50 years ago would never, ever have gone the direction that churches are going now. People like Lee and myself and others that are older will be able to remember 50 and 60 years ago things were different. There's been a gradual decline within the church at large 
Thank God that there are pockets. Thank God that there are still servants that he uses to be able to speak the word with boldness. But it's becoming less and less. And I was reading a statistic. I have it in my computer. I didn't write it down. Um, that I saw yesterday. Uh, a poll was taken from year 2001. And the number of, and this would be, I believe this was considered believers. 2001 um, what was it, 80, 85% believed in the resurrection. And that number now is something like 67 in 22 years. When we go back before Joseph came down into Egypt, it was interesting as I began to look at this this afternoon Joseph was down in Egypt in order to preserve life because the famine was coming. But if you go back, we have the record of Abram went down to Egypt with Sarah. He had been called by God out of Ur of the Chaldees and he begins to travel and then he runs into a famine and he goes down to Egypt. Then he leaves Egypt after a while, comes out and he's very rich in gold and silver and cattle, and then once again a famine happens, and down to Egypt he goes. Then you get the children of Israel during the time of Joseph, a famine over the whole land, Egypt and Canaan. And I began to wonder when you begin to read through all these accounts, and there's more, there's in the days of David, there was three years that there was famine. And the reason for that was that Saul had killed the Gibeonites. And this was God's judgment. There was famine for three years. Elijah went through a time of famine as well. Those are the three years where it didn't rain. And Elisha also went down to Gilgal because of the famine. And I began to wonder, why would God not have provided for his own people in their own land? And they're always having to go somewhere else. But you find out that in the grand scheme of things, God had a plan of which this was part of it. When God called Abraham, and he promised him that he would be the father of many nations. He said to Abram that his seed and the generations following, that they would go into a land, and I can't remember whether he actually specifies Egypt, and they would be there as slaves for 400 years. And now it comes down to the time of Joseph, and Joseph had done nothing wrong. And you'd think, God, why didn't you look after Joseph? His brethren turned against him. They sold him to the Midianites. And off he goes down into Egypt. And when he gets into Egypt, everything's going fine for the first while. He's in Potiphar's house. And you know, everything he touched turned to gold and silver. and Everything in Potiphar's house was doing great. 
Everything Joseph put his hand to prospered. And then, of course, Potiphar's wife tried to get Joseph in bed, and he fled from that and ends up in the prison. And while he's in prison, the, the baker and the cupbearer had dreams. And nobody in Egypt, none of the wise men in Egypt, would have been able to tell those dreams. It wasn't their custom. So that when Pharaoh had a dream, they didn't know what to do. But here was Joseph who had had dreams himself. And when he spoke his dreams, they weren't very well received. And his brethren turned against him. And even his father said, do you think your mother and I are going to bow down to you? God was working through the life of Joseph. Brought him into prison. His legs came under the iron. He was chained. But even in prison, God gave him favor. So that he was able to work among the other prisoners. Till one day these two came to him. They said, we've had a dream. And Joseph was the only one that would be able to interpret the dream. Because only God could show them what the dream meant. And whatever the dream happened and Joseph told them the meaning of their dream and it happened just as it would be. But here we have Joseph all alone. Some of us may have had to go out into kind of a wilderness area. We've left our background and where we've been brought up. And some of us have wandered around not really quite knowing exactly what this is all about. Life is not clear cut. And we wonder, and especially now, and I think what is about to transpire within the next short while may be something that will take us all aback, including those of us that have studied Scripture and we have an idea of what's ahead. But it is required a famine in every single case to bring about God's purposes. It's an amazing thing. Every time the children of Israel had turned against God, God then eventually brings them into hardship. And I'm beginning to think that this is what's going on in the world today. As we're beginning to see what's transpiring in the world, it's as if we're bringing, God is bringing us into a place of famine. Maybe not for bread, but God is bringing us into a famine. Whether believer or unbeliever, we're getting into that place. And the reason for that is, is that during times of famine is the time in which there's a migration. There's a going out. Abram did. Jacob did and his family. They went out because of famine. God moved them around, moved them around. And I think that's happening. It's beginning to happen 
I think, within the Christian community. This is a sad story, but I'm going to read from Amos chapter 8. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north to the east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. Israel went through that in their experience during the intertestament period, where a word of God from the prophets was non-existent. And they got used to the fact, no doubt, that they didn't hear from God. And I'm wondering what's happened over these number of years. In the days of Josiah, when he tried to restore the temple, and he sent workers into the temple to clean it up, and one day they came upon the word of God. The word of God had been lost in the temple of God. How many years? Don't know. Long time It was recovered and brought to Josiah, just a young lad, as king. And he said, this needs to be read publicly. Let's go back and read the writings of Moses and assemble everyone. The word of God had been lost in the house of God. Thank God for those that still proclaim. But the percentage is getting less. It's going to require a famine. We're going to have to feel the hunger. My boyhood friend that went to be with the Lord last year attended a church. And as we were traveling back and forth to Stratford, I don't know how many times he said to me, Dave, he says, what's it going to take For people to hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said the best thing that ever happened was COVID coming along. He says because then I began to look at messages online and realize that we weren't getting the gospel. That was true. His heart was broken to think that this was the situation. But I believe that God is behind the scenes working out his plan so that a people of God, those that are realizing that there's famine in the land, a famine for the word of God, are going to be attracted to where the word of God is. It may start out small, but I believe that there are those that God has been working among. I could num- I could I was thinking this afternoon. I started to think a number of people that I know that I could count. It's more than two hands. That are true believers that have not attended and walked through a church door in years. Years and years and years. It's not because they've given up on the Lord. Churches that they have attended, things have happened. And I have to include myself in this statement. When departure comes into the church, 
I bear responsibility too, whether I've had any public part in it or not. When Daniel prayed to God, he prayed and asked God to forgive his sins and the sins of his people. And Daniel was a teenager when he was taken into captivity. And say, Daniel, what part did you have in it? But Daniel prayed before God, and he says, God, we have done wrong. He went back and he read Jeremiah's writings, and from Jeremiah's writings and from what he had read of Moses' writings, he realized that Moses, God had said to Moses, if my people depart, this is what's going to happen. And he realized that they've gone into captivity because they've left God. And the call today is to return Return to God. The only answer to the problem that we have today is to return to him. But in the meantime, many are being forced to feel hungry. I believe this is true. Many that I know, I think if they were introduced to somewhere, a group of people, that had something from God to share, they would join. I'm convinced of it. When I was awake in the middle of the night, I was struck by this. Matthew, um, No, Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, in verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. We're only seeing the beginning of sorrows. We may see real famine, but more concerning is the famine that there is within the house of God. And may God raise up those that he has been preparing for this time. I didn't know if I was going to say this or not, but I think I have to. Sim has never done this. I have never done this. But this is what I have to do. I'm speaking to those of you who are listening online. There's at least one or more that you know that God has been preparing you. You have spent many silent years in fellowship with God, studying his word. And God is raising you up for such a time as this. This does not mean that you will come and join this church. This means that you need to take heed that God is calling you. And when he opens the door, don't make excuses. The reason is that we're in desperate need of those that have a walk with God that can share their life with people 
that transform lives as the Holy Spirit works. And the verses came to me from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went round all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the glad tidings of the kingdom and healing every disease and every bodily weakness. But when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and cast away as sheep, not having a shepherd. If you're listening and God is moving you, I pray that you look around and see the sheep. God has a job for you to do. The time is limited that we have left. This is serious. There's no time to waste. Then Jesus said to the disciples, the harvest is great and the workmen are few. Supplicate, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth workmen into his harvest. You see, there is a harvest. That's what I'm saying. We're coming through times that there has been famine. The times going through COVID, those that would have attended churches didn't. And they become accustomed to the fact that they don't. And as a result, famine is coming in. And we need those that are going to be able to minister the word of God to encourage, to set forth those that will be used in these last days to reach souls. I'm convinced of it. But let me warn you, on the other hand, God is going to put Everyone involved in that through difficult times, testing times. Joseph was tested when he was in prison. Was God really going to look after him? Was God faithful? He had come to know the God of his fathers, but now here he is in prison, and there's no end in sight. And after he interprets those dreams, he's stuck in prison for another two years. And the cupbearer forgot Joseph. God says, forget. The cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. And God behind the scenes said to the cupbearer, remember? And he said, I remember. There was a prisoner. He was the head of them all. Pharaoh, if you want somebody to interpret your dream, call Joseph. And now Joseph begins. But look at the years from the year of from 17 years old to the to 30 years old. He was obscure. And that's what I'm saying to those that may be listening. You may be obscure. 17 to 30 years old. And you would look at Joseph's life and you'd think, where's that going? God working behind the scenes. Now says, this is your time. This is the time. There's going to be a famine come on the land. And Joseph, I want you, the one to organize and to rule and to provide the food. God has been preparing people in the wings to come forward 
in the day in which we're now standing, to take the reins, to share with us what God has been doing in their lives over these secret years where they thought that all is lost and then God is going to give hope. The people are now at a point where they realize that there's a famine and they're looking for food. And I'll tell you what, as soon as they see it, they know it and they're going to come. I've never had to speak like this before. But it's been laid on my heart last night. And this is the case. And what is happening here is that God is beginning to work in the lives of people here over this last number of months to prepare hearts to receive those that God will begin to bring. And when that happens, you need to be absolutely sure of your foundations. The foundations are your sins are forgiven. You've died with Christ. You've risen with him. You have a new life in Christ. And there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't need to be dealing with those issues in your life when there's going to be other things coming along that's going to demand your time. Because God is about to move. And when he moves, he has been preparing a people that he's going to use in order to help bring those people in. And we're going to have a great army that God is raising in these last days. God's heart still is that no one should perish. And his heart has not changed. He's not willing that any should perish. He's making the famine become more intense. It might even include a physical famine until we're at wit's end. So many times I've been at the bottom of the barrel wondering where I was going to go from there. And it's not until you reach the bottom. You've got nowhere else to look but up and find out that God pulls you up out of that pit. Jeremiah was in a pit. Couldn't climb out himself. God had to intervene. God is working behind the scenes. He's working behind the scenes in your life. And you don't see it right now. But God has had you on a path. And some of it has not been pleasant. In fact, it's really tough. But what he's doing is he's been preparing you. For what's ahead. I trust that that's an encouragement to us. I trust that whoever it is that may be listening, take it serious. We don't need to know who it is. But God is doing something and preparing somebody for something great. And that's all I know. But I think we all need to be in prayer because the days that are ahead of us, we have no idea. In fact, as I have through the years studied Bible prophecy, I'm beginning to realize 
that many of the things that are spoken of that's going to happen in this world, famines, earthquakes, etc., pestilence, is maybe not just all natural. We've gone through a time, the last few years, this is not natural. The enemy is behind the scenes and he's using people. And anything is possible. May God give us strength for the days ahead. But we need to be knit together as a family, united together. We have a common front. We are up against principalities and authorities. In high places. And God wants us to stand and he's giving us the strength now to be prepared to stand in the evil days. May God bless us.